My guest today is Brian Lee. He and his wife, Marianne, are the owners of the well-known Johnston Bar Docks Lounge. It seems like wherever I go, I meet people who know and appreciate Brian. He was one of the first people I met when I moved to Des Moines, and he helped connect me with so many unique people who are now part of my daily circle. What you may not know is that he has worked in the commercial credit card industry since 2005 with American Express, Electronic Fund Source, and in the last four years with Capital One. He's a wealth of knowledge when it comes to all things credit card. Our topic today is turning accounts payable into a revenue stream. Brian, welcome to Northgate Cafe. Thank you, David. Yeah, Brian, I uh, <laughs> before we talked to, uh, started the podcast, we were talking about, like, where is this going to go? <laughs> it could go in many directions. <laughs> With the two of us, all options are open. Absolutely. Um, Brian, You before we even dive into the whole credit card world and all that, mm-hmm. I mean, every time I, I talk with you, people know you. You love Des Moines, Des Moines people. I mean, you're just connected. You've been yeah. here your whole life, right? My entire life, yep. I was born and raised in Johnston, sandbox kid, K through 12. Uh, it meant a lot to be to be able to have, like you said, Doc's Lounge in Johnston. It was just a, a natural connection. So yeah, it absolutely. Was, it was a good flow. For sure. So um, you're a, a business owner. Mm-hmm. Doc's Lounge is a busy place. Um, and I know that many times you have mentioned that being in the credit card world, understanding business and being a business owner has, has really married well. Yeah. Yeah. So it, my career had given me the opportunity to have a lot of discussions with either business owners, CFOs, executives, um, you know, and once you're in enough businesses, uh, some of those people become your friends. And so I had good mentors, good people to kind of guide me. Everybody, outside of the business world those people i knew like including my own family thought i was crazy when i entertained opening a bar but i just knew i understood numbers and people enough uh, it was worth the risk mm. yeah. yeah well you're you're naturally a, a people person in general and i think it serves you well that you own a bar because that's where people connect and yeah. meet up and then also the fact that with what you're doing with the whole um credit card industry you're meeting people left and right so you're it, you're a people person <laughs> yeah 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 it's been uh, the, the other benefit to to being a, a, a business owner here locally and talking to other business owners is they know i'm able to give them a perspective from their point of view and it's not just you know someone coming in talking about cards you know i practice what i preach we have the same product inside of doc's lounge that i try to set other companies up with and so when i can show them you know firsthand how we use it and give them suggestions. They know I've been there before and am kind of taking a little different angle than just trying to squeeze something in to make a dime. Yeah. I mean, you're, you, you sell what you can actually sell what you are using and are passionate about. You've seen the results. Right. So the topic of this uh, podcast is turning accounts payable into a revenue stream. So how does that work? So going back to 2005, I started my career at American Express, and they were one of the first companies to really spearhead using a card program to pay your large vendors. And so uh, I've seen a progression over the years. Early on, several vendors wouldn't take the card, but as the years have passed, as cash flow matters, time on your money matters, and just having a overall acceptance uh, become greater across the board. You know, 
regardless of the company, but at Capital One, you know, we give people the opportunity to pay the same vendors they would have used a check or ACH for prior. Um, try to create scenarios where they keep their terms and keep their pricing. So truly, by using a card program, in this case, Capital One, they're able to make another 2% cash back on the same money that was leaving the building before we got there. You know, and, and the other benefit to Capital One, um, most people think my job's easy because we are creating cash. You know, change is hard for anybody. And there are still industries out there where people don't believe their vendors are going to accept and let them, you know, keep terms and pricing. So I enjoy taking somebody who has never had a card program in play before and bringing them to a place, you know, uh, you and I have a mutual friend. Uh, his family came on board and they're now generating 70 grand a year that they did not have prior to me showing them how to do this. So I just, I, when I walk into a company, I, 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 there's not a company I don't think I can help in some capacity. No, it's amazing. No, it's, it, it's definitely something that, uh, I mean, why not take advantage of it? Right. Correct. <laughs> Correct. You know, for us, you know, for, for years when I was in the international nonprofit realm, uh, you know, we were traveling a lot. You know, I had been to over 40 countries, traveled with my kids. It just, it made sense for me in that instance to have the mileage cards because we were <laughs> using our card and able to travel, right? But for businesses to be able to make money off of things you're already paying for anyway, it's just kind of a no-brainer. You, It's, it, in, in theory, yes. <laughs> in theory, yes. I, I still get told no quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> what would be the reasons people would say no to this? Oh, I mean, there are some people that run finance for a company that just don't believe in a card. Hmm. Uh, you know, there's that old school mentality. They think it's going to either uh, fracture their relationship with their vendor or put their vendor in some type of compromising situation, which, you know, um, on that note, most suppliers that will take a card have already factored in the cost of doing business with a card. Right. So like a perfect example is Doc's Lounge, you know, like 80% of my uh, customers pay with a credit card. All right. I adjust my prices accordingly to factor in that cost. So literally everyone's paying the same price, whether you're using a card or paying cash. That example is by far the norm across any industry, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, and the other thing it's, uh, you know, vendors can see it as a competitive advantage, you know, um, if one vendor will take a card and three won't, well, anybody wanting to use a card is going to, you know, gravitate to that vendor. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, you know, you mentioned a couple examples, like, you know, someone making, you know, 70000 a year off just using the credit card. You know, what are some of the other, like, examples and uh, success stories where you're like, whoa, this, <laughs> this turned out well for these people? Um, so... Uh, the printing industry runs off very thin margins hmm. and I've probably got three or four printers that have really pushed the envelope and figured it out that put upwards of a million bucks or more hmm. a month on the card. And they found a way to buy paper. Uh, I have other printers that don't either want to use their leverage or again, don't want to step on the toes of some of the vendors that put 50k a month on the card that could probably put you know a lot more so it just depends on you know how they want to approach their business and 
you know, what's important to them and how they, how they view themselves as a customer. Yeah. So right now you work for a capital one and, um, what would be some of the differentiators compared to say other credit cards? I know that there's some similarities, but there's always something that stands out. So at capital one, you know, our lead product is is 2% cash back. So cash is King. Um, you know, we, the program that I work for is the, the spark business program. So, um, it's a joint venture between company and a primary card holder, but that gives that primary company or card holder and that company, you know, another option where, you know, most card programs, you can take it as a statement credit and it has to stay within the business. Uh, our program actually gives business owners an opportunity to keep the rebate personally and take it back as a personal check as well. So just giving that flexibility um, and you, you have the ability to spiff your employees with, with gift cards across the board as well. But just giving that other option of if an owner doesn't want to keep the rebate within the company and take it back personally, they can do that. Mm. Yeah. So another thing um, you would ask me earlier about, you know, why somebody hesitates to change, right? You know, I, I'd mentioned relationship with, with suppliers is a big one. You know, another thing that uh, comes up often, especially for companies that don't currently use a card program for accounts payable, um, you know, when people think of a card, their mindset goes to point of sale. Cause that's typically how individuals are, you know, you're paying for something at the time of sale. So the other thing that's, that's, it's nice and it calms people down is once you can explain to, you know, a, a CFO or a controller or anybody that's got their hands on this on a day-to-day basis, that everything on the front end remains the same, hmm. how you issue POs, how you order a product, how you receive that product, do your three-part match, key that invoice into your ledger. That is the typical thing they're doing before I walk in the door. That's the same thing they're doing after I walk in the door. The only thing that changes in their accounting string is at time of payment, the payment vehicle is changing from ACH wire check to an alternate form payment, which is a a, a credit card program. Mm -hmm. And so, um, like I said, once you, that, that, that's another thing that, you know, a lot of times gets lost in, in translation that I, I, I do go out of my way to explain that. So, uh, somebody doesn't go to worst case scenario and think putting the card in play is going to add additional steps to the process. Yeah, absolutely. What are some other things that have been like, you know, people make assumptions about that you find oftentimes is like a misperception. Well, with Capital One, it's sometimes the, conceptually it's so simple. They're waiting for an asterisk or the catch, you know. You know, so I'd mentioned you know other card programs I, I worked for before. You know, if you're getting points or miles or it's a tiered rebate process or there's categories involved, et cetera, there's so many moving parts. Like someone's always looking for like, okay, so two percent and then what? Okay, no, it's literally two percent every dollar uncapped doesn't matter what you spend the money on you're making two percent and so um sometimes they're waiting for more right mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and there isn't any more than that yeah. <laughs> if you want to make it work if you want to use the card to pay your pay your vendors it's going to work and you're going to make two percent on everything so yeah wow seems it seems like it's an easy choice to I me mean, we chose we chose to go with capital one at northgate so because yeah. of you and yeah. you explained it well and it just made sense but um switching gears a little bit so what got you to open a bar? 
It's a great question. Um, I don't know that I ever dreamed of owning a bar. I just had always envisioned, envisioned myself owning my own business at some point. You know, I, I'm not, even though I'm in my career, I'm in my career because I actually love what I do. Uh, and I get to work from home, so I still have freedom. Mm, and, yeah. you know, so that's one of the, that's one of my big keys in life. I kind of like to walk to the beat of my own drum, do things that, you know, I, I have a hard time compromising my values to, you know, to do things. So the biggest thing about owning the bar was it gave me that freedom, yeah. you know, where, you know, I can go to my career because I want to, you know, if I really got tired of it, I wouldn't want to live off my bar because you know, I'm not a hands-on owner. My wife runs the day-to-day. So it, it's it's uh, positive for me to be out doing things with my time, you know? <laughs> um, but no, I just I just love having that freedom. And, and I, I like being intertwined with the community. You know, like I said, I was born and raised there. Um, you know, one of the, our, our proud things is, you know, Johnston teachers have events there. Johnston coaches have meetings there. We sponsor little league teams. Sometimes there's little league drafts, you know, in, in Doc's Lounge. And I know it seems weird for, for being in a bar setting, but, you know, we've created an environment where, uh, and I think this has been a large part of the success is we're just kind of, uh, you know, it's a known part of Johnston. Yeah. You know, and we've, we've always been uh, in a positive light and, you know, I, I think that's helped us long-term from a sustainability standpoint, especially, you know, coming out of the last couple of years, you know, I, I think had we ha- not had that connection, it would have been a, a lot harder climb back to normal. Oh yeah. 100%. Uh, you know, Doc's Lounge is considered by many to be Johnston's bar, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's the place people go to. I mean, we go there every Wednesday morning for networking even. You know, it's like yeah. <laughs> you've kind of opened it up to the community yeah. in a way that's really unique. Um, tell me a little bit about, you know, uh, one of the things that we've seen across the board in interviewing multiple people is just their their love for Des Moines and, mm-hmm. and how it's growing. And, and you've been, a lot of the people have been here some of the people have been here their whole lives that I've interviewed. Some people, like myself, just moved here. What is it about Des Moines that just gets you excited right now? Wow. So I'm I, I so I've lived here my whole life, but I'm pretty well traveled. I've I've never hated coming home, mm-hmm. right? Um, I like Des Moines because proximity wise, if you want to go do things, you know, you're a drive away from from multiple cities. People wise, you know. Um, Iowa gets a bad rap. They think we all live in cornfields, things like that. <laughs> but from an even keeled standpoint and just general like goodness, you know, the stress level here is low. Mm. I mean, if you have stress here, it's probably self-inflicted. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and so, like, because of that, and, and honestly, partly, like, the, the financial industry, you know, Iowa is a flyover state. Like, there's not – a lot of major banks here and uh you know i've kind of always walked around with a little chip on my shoulder because i know the people on the coasts that i work with you know view iowa different and so like i've always just kind of had uh an affinity anything in des moines or that's you know has a potential to put us in a good light like i love getting behind and you know um i just was talking to a, a gentleman yesterday that's, you know, on the, the the cusp of making it big. And we've been talking and things like that. I'm like, I don't, you know, I just told him like, Hey, if you make it, remember me, you know, like, I, <laughs> I, you know, I don't need any credit, but like, just, just remember we had these talks, you know? So I, I, I just like, you know, 
putting Des Moines in a positive light. I think people here are smart and you know the degree of separation in Des Moines is, is two degrees that's true you know and you know you and I just talking like you know uh, I met you through your through your brother-in-law you know things like that and just and then you hooked me up with like 50 other people <laughs> right you know and you know like I say if you you know treat people right here long enough and I, I use that in my in my spiel when I'm I'm, I'm doing uh, the commercial card side of, of, the, of my business uh, you know you can't be in the same industry even in the state, let alone Des Moines and move, you know, move companies and still be successful because, you know, somebody's going to know somebody if you, if you, if you didn't do them right. You know, yeah, that's true. No, it's good. I, yeah, 100% we've seen that connectivity happen across the board. We've even had entire podcasts specifically about that, which has been really interesting. Um, Brian, you also connect me with uh, Bobby Pate. For mm-hmm. image for lives i know that's something that you've been passionate about and we actually had him on this podcast i think it was like episode three yeah uh tell me how you got involved in that so bobby and i go way back i think i met bobby when i was in sixth grade seventh grade um he had moved to johnston he was a year ahead of me and um you know we didn't hang out per se a lot you know in in middle school but we both played basketball uh, we were just one of those guys, like we never had a problem. We always were, were, were good to each other. And, you know, as you get older, you know, having connections, especially, you know, in, in Bobby's situation, he, you know, coming out of prison and helping start a nonprofit to help other guys transition, you know, uh, we just reconnected and, you know, it was good. Both of us were in a, in a, in a place where we, we, probably needed the other one at the time you know he needed some guidance i kind of had docs lounge as a platform for him and you know he trusted me because we, we had known each other so long so it was just kind of a natural fit and then he had asked me to be a part of uh image for lives and you know help him put together you know some friday meetings he had going on and you know from there heck several of those guys are my friends now um i actually had another gentleman reach out to me in the last couple of weeks with you know, a business idea. So it's just another good way to stay connected in the community. And, you know, um, I've had enough happen in my life and seen enough things where, you know, I'm 47 years old and, you know, I have nothing to prove anymore. So if there's anything I, I have or I can do to help somebody out that they need more than I do, uh, that's kind of what makes me tick at this point. Yeah, no, I get that 100%. No, I appreciate you connecting me with him. I mean, the, and that just goes to show like, how one simple connection can go so many, so many directions. And, um, you know, you connected me with Bobby and then we ended up doing his website and his branding. And then next thing you know, I'm working out with him like mm-hmm. every morning at the Y yeah. and we're hanging out. And then he hooked me up with a bunch of people. And mm-hmm. it's just uh, that ripple effect that, you know, the pay it forward kind of mindset. Right. So super cool. Um, well, I was, I was going to say, you never know who somebody knows, Right. And if you treat people right, you may not even be expecting anything back. But at some point in time, you're probably going to get surprised with good karma or whatever you call it, you know, coming back around. Yeah, it's true. And it's interesting for me when I look at any industry, these are values that transcend that, right? So essentially, it's it's always going to be about people at the end of the day, treating people well. And um, if you do that, you're going to have success. You know, if you don't, <laughs> you're going to get screwed over by someone. That's right. There was a book I read years ago. I think it was by Tim Sanders. He was the the right-hand man for Mark Cuban when he had broadcast.com. He wrote a book, and his three premises 
it's not your average sales book. It's the book's called Love is the Killer App. And his three premises were knowledge, networking, and compassion. And he goes, whatever you lack in the first two, you can make up with the third. Oh, so, wow. That's true. So that's kind of I, – that, I read that book, gosh, probably 12 or 13 years ago. And so that's kind of how I – Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're both part of the same networking group with Center Sphere. We mm-hmm. meet every Wednesday morning. It, <laughs> I've jokingly called that group because <laughs> we're there to help support each other and help you know promote each other's businesses. But yeah. but we've cultivated relationships and friendships with these people to the level where we're going out to eat, we're hanging out. You know, right. it's 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 pretty cool. Um, so on a much much lighter note, um, I understand you're an avid billiards player. I am. Yes, I love I love shooting pool. Um, it started. I've, I've been shooting pool um in leagues for probably 20 years about the whole time i've been married and it was one of those deals that started off it was my one night out my wife let me keep (laughs) 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 with no questions asked it was like you know pool league was like if i couldn't go out any other night i knew i had pool league night on thursdays right (laughs) um so uh what started out as you know more of just keeping a night out throughout the years, you know, uh, like in any part of life, if you keep doing something, you grow as you grow, you want to be around other people that are going to push you and, and keep doing things like that. So I probably started taking it seriously. Um, about five years ago, um, I was kind of coming out of a, of a funk in my life and had a lot of free time on my hands. That free time got pushed in, pushed towards pool. Cause it was kind of something I could do as an escape. And, um, from there, I just met a great, great group of guys that I had never played with before who uh, let me be a, be a part of their team. And I realized real quick, I've been playing pool for 15 years and there's a lot I don't know about pool. <laughs> <laughs> and so it helped me because it gave me like kind of a sense of purpose um, to the point where I knew if I wanted them to want to keep me on their team, I had to elevate <laughs> Not exactly to their level, but show them that I was taking it serious enough, you know, to improve. And, and it's been a process, you know, um, prior to those guys, I'd never played in any large tournaments, you know. So first time you go to play in a tournament, the first, the, the, the shock you have is you might be playing pool for 14 hours that day. I'd, wow. never, I'd never played pool for more than two hours in my life. You 14 know? hours? 14 hours. Whoa. Like, you know, if it, depending on how the day goes, you could start at nine and, you know, end at one o'clock in the morning. Um, just as, cause there's so many, so many teams going through. So it's been at first it was, it was, it said quite a shock. And then you're questioning why you shoot pool, you know, but you know, we just got done with tournaments this year and I, I literally looked at those guys and it was like, you know, that we're friends, but I just said, it's the, it's the first time I actually feel like I'm supposed to, like I belong here, you know? Yeah. So it's been a fun progression. And again, um, you know, um, one of the things that, like kind of phrases I live by and this is personal work whatever Uh, I'm a firm believer like everything happens on time even if it's not when you think it's supposed to happen happens on time right Mm. like I met these guys by chance you know and uh, again I needed them to for a lot of reasons you know keep to, to keep me playing pool and they showed me things I didn't even know about pool and now we've all become friends and you know um the tournaments we go play in like we'll play in tournaments out of state just so we all have an opportunity to hang out for a weekend you know mm-hmm. and so it's turned into a lot more than than that so um 
but yeah, and uh, you know, through the pool world uh, and, and these guys, I've gotten connected with other people that probably never would have gave me their time and um, become friends with those people. And, you know, like we said, everything comes full circle. I now have guys I shoot pool with that give me referrals to businesses for, for Capital One. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And who knew? <laughs> and we didn't even talk business for like ever, but we just, they, we all get, got to know each other and, you know, friends want to help friends. So, 100% true. Yeah. No, it's amazing to see everybody has a hobby or something that they are passionate about on the side, right? So, um, for me, it always is and will continue to be cooking. Uh, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a certified chef. You get me in the kitchen at the yeah. end of a long day glass of wine i'm chopping away making some food that's my thing you know uh, yep. when i get together with other chefs and we talk shop i guess is what you'd call it right. it's been years and years of dedication so when you get really good at something you know you ask yourself oh do i really want to do this anymore like oh this is a yeah. commitment yeah yeah <laughs> and i will say this I, I i don't play golf i wish i did no i mean i, I can hit the ball uh I, I would compare pool to golf like when you're on nothing feels better <laughs> when you're not you're contemplating like why do you even play the game yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's one of those things uh i'm a firm believer like as well like you know life has a way of humbling you so it's one of those things too like playing in these tournaments and playing against you know other good players like when everybody's good like you have to accept the fact like there's going to be days you just don't get it done, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So it keeps you, it kind of keeps me grounded and keeps my ego in check as yeah, well. Absolutely. Well, I, I figured this episode was going to be a variety of topics. Of course, our main theme was the whole element of the credit card, but at the same time we talked about your business ventures, docs lounge and now uh, billiards. And right. uh, this is Brian guys. You can meet him. He's available. You ever want to connect? All of his contact information is in the description box, as well as the contact info for uh, Doc's Lounge. Uh, Brian, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. No, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And for all those listening, until next time. What you may not know is that he has worked in the commercial credit card industry since 2005 with Amerinic. <laughs> See, I do it too. So I don't feel this. bad. No, you're actually like you're actually making me feel a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a silver lining and everything. Yeah. Take as much time as you need. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be here for a while at this point. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs>